Welcome to The Open Door with Kelly and Kelly. And we're actually doing both. We're doing a partial video cast and a podcast today. So mm. I think our topic we wanted to talk about was discipline and control. The difference, really, the difference. between di discipline and control. And this goes mm. along with the last two mini podcasts. The Kelly Shorts ones that I did, right? Talking mm. about that. Yeah, we, so. yeah, we had a bit of a conversation. We touched upon it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, we keep touching upon it. In, in, very, about, in various ways yeah. throughout the last few podcasts. And well, because everything's all connected and it's all related, right? So Yeah, especially especially when it comes to the realities of self awareness, mm -hmm. being mindful. Yeah. Um, being present. Um and one of the things I was talking about in terms of understanding the difference between discipline and control. Mm-hmm is that a lot of people refuse to discipline themselves because they believe that that's control. Yeah, and they also view it as punishment. Yes. Like, we were actually looking up the definition yes. of discipline, mm -hmm. and you can define discipline as a noun or a verb, yep. actually. And I don't have it with me, in front of me. I could probably look it up, though. I could look it up. He's going to look it up. I He's going to look, look it up, and then... Well, we'll do the definitions, but I really liked that the discipline as uh, defined as a verb meant that it's an action word and it was more about training, being disciplined and training. The controlled behavior resulting from training. Yeah. And I like that because as a former gymnast, mm -hmm. I trained and that was discipline. You learn how to discipline yourself so that you can practice over and over again and get better at what you're doing. And that's what any kind of spirituality work, even if you want to call it spiritual work or inner work or... Well, a lot of, a lot of people <clears throat> don't like the whole concept of having to do work to be free. Yeah, a lot of people want something for nothing. They do. Oh, what was that? What, what band did that song? Money, Money for, for nothing, nothing, dire straits. Yeah, dire straits. Oh, Money for nothing, you're chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's true. People <laughs> feel that freedom should just be freedom uh, according to how they want it. Mm. And when it comes yeah, to self-awareness, freedom is actually about discipline. You cannot mm -hmm. be free from your fears or your anxieties, your programmings or your cultural conditioning, your familial, as in your family inherited mm -hmm. conditioning. And stuff like that without yeah. actually being disciplined enough to step back into observation. And most people have yeah. got no idea that they can actually observe their mind or that mm -hmm. they can observe how their mind is working yeah. and that they can even look at that and stop their mind from acting in certain ways. Right. Because that, that was when I was having a discussion with someone the other day about being able to stop that. Yeah. That people, unless you get to that space and you have to actually work at it, like it's... It's hard because mm -hmm. when you get triggered, you really want to act out of what you've learned because yep. you've learned how to be that way because yep. either you've watched people be that way or you 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 think that if something happens that you have to be sad in that situation or you know um, or angry and judgmental or angry and, and judgmental and, and then yep. a lot of times people like I said in my last little podcast the people will do one of two things which is suppression so you don't want to feel what you're feeling which is and control. you push it down and yep. shove it down and you try to control it so that you don't feel it but you're not feeling it 
or you project it. And I think people misunderstand projection where they don't want to feel it. So like, let's say you trigger me and I just yell at you oh, and I'll blame yeah, you and yeah, I say yeah, things, yeah, yeah. right? And I'm projecting it because I'm trying to get rid of it, but I'm not. I'm not actually getting rid of it because I'm just acting out of a, a learned behavior, yes. a pattern. So until yes. you can actually go, hey, ooh, he, you triggered me and I feel angry. I need to like stop myself and go, well, how yep. do I actually, you know, feel about it? That's where the discipline comes in because it's being disciplined to actually allow yourself to feel. Yeah. And, and I to give think, yourself more space than just knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand that they that there are that there is such a thing as triggers, mm -hmm. and that triggers are just programmed learned responses. Mm. Yeah. And these learned responses are a type of training. And in order to yeah. change Initiation. initiations, yeah. yes, and we have many of those, <laughs> right? Sometimes, in order to initiate ourselves into self love and mm -hmm. discipline, we have to create that space for ourselves. So to counterbalance and create mm -hmm. a counter to the knee-jerk, instinctive, unconscious reactions mm -hmm. of fear, anger, and judgment, etc. We have to balance it out with something so that our nervous system has something to grab onto mm -hmm. so that it doesn't just immediately get swept aside by the intense emotional reactions of uh, judgment, fear, and anger. Mm -hmm. And that requires discipline. That, first of all, requires an iota, uh, you know, a mustard seed of faith, if you will, mm -hmm. of believing that you can actually change yourself, believing that there is something different. And everybody knows this. Everybody does actually grasp the concept that there can be something different, that there has to be something different. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who honestly can't. Mm -hmm. People can understand it. They can know that something can be different, but some people cannot actually grasp it or give themselves that little mustard seed of faith. And that's just the way it is sometimes. Right. But understanding that you actually have control, where we're conditioned to believe that we don't have control, that we're just animals mm -hmm. operating on instinct all the time, which is not true. Uh, we have developed faculties and developed senses and awarenesses as if you actually look at the animal kingdom, you become aware that animals in nature actually have uh, other senses and other ways of looking at things than than we just think. Oh, they have eyeballs and they well, have ears. Like the other day, my daughter and I we were driving to school and we were pulled up at the light at St. Mary's in Dakota. And uh -huh. We can turn left, and this bunny. Okay, talking about like just animal instincts, or this bunny just like tried to go across. Like, oh, no way. and then realized that it couldn't hop over the medium. It was too high. Oh, no. And then hightailed it back the other way. And we're watching this poor little thing. And then it just like hopped. And then I thought, I, we were talking about that. And Natasha and I were like, well, where was it trying to go? You know, it's not like us where we get in the car and we're going somewhere. We know we've thought about yeah, our route yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah, take. Yeah. We've thought about where we're going because we have, you know, I was taking them to school. But where was that little guy going? Yeah. And why did he think he could get across? And then he couldn't. And then he had to go back. Right. And then he was going so fast. And and then we were like, well, where? And then we thought, well, now where did he go? Where did his instinct or his survival, like, where did it take him? I got next? stopped. I got to go Because we don't know. <laughs> and so I would, I found that sort of fascinating because animals just do, right? 
I mean, yes. they do have feelings. I mean, yep. because we know that. I mean, what was that movie on Netflix, My Octopus Teacher? Yep. Right? And if anybody hasn't watched that, it's so, so good, so touching. Go look it up. And it was great because this octopus just bonded with this person, and this mm -hmm. person bonded with the octopus, but we obviously they don't speak the same, same language. language at all. But the energy but, they shared and yeah, the, yeah, the space, yeah, and it was yeah. amazing because it would lay on this person's chest and... Uh, you know what is that chameleon when it takes oh the, oh it, it would change shape that? I mean change color uh, change color change to color. match yeah 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 the it dappled would. color of the sun coming through the water on this guy's skin and it would kind of disappear onto his chest even though you could still see the eyeballs, eyeballs. and I yeah. thought that was so fascinating mm -hmm. that that it would the, do the that and the, the intelligence yeah. that's there so animals have this intelligence and sometimes I think. Ah, uh, see, I think <laughs> I'm thinking too much. Mm -hmm. That we think way too much, and we don't, we don't use our higher mind for where. What are we doing? Where are we going? We're we think way too much. We're too much in our head. Well, and and we're... the you know the, the no, lower mind or the, the lower um, faculties of of just mental analysis are actually very simple processes for for the human mind. The human mind is designed to analyze and categorize information but it's not the authority on that information except we give a lot of authority mm. to our thoughts and the reactive thoughts that we have the reactionary mm. emotional thoughts and the false attachment mm -hmm. to that information as if that's who we are and we don't give ourselves space to step back and observe and that's where the discipline comes in, right? Because that's it, it requires actually taking a moment. It does, yeah. And a lot of times people's minds are just going, 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 going. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that such a space actually exists. Mm -hmm. People are so caught up in the, the loop of looking for the next thought, of needing the next thought mm -hmm. to keep their ego... Uh, appeased to keep their mm -hmm. ego validated to feel like they're doing something productive <laughs> I raise my hand there because he knows that about me for sure that that's sometimes where what I especially if I'm processing things yep. and I know that I I cannot act in the old way of doing something I'll, I'll start baking or cooking to keep myself physically occupied, busy, yep. unoccupied, yep. so that I'm not emotionally acting out of. Because even today, oh, when sure. I received an email, my first instinct was to, oh, I, I should take care of this. I need to take care of this. And so maybe I guess I could go out today and do that. And then I went, I don't have to take care of this today. Yep. I have time to look into it. It's it's not imperative. This was someone else's demand. Yep. I didn't need to. But yep. I was surprised, actually, at how quickly my brain wanted to go back to that old space and go, oh, you should take care of this like, right now. But I wasn't in a frantic like, I used to kind of get frantic where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I need to. So I didn't feel the franticness, but I was surprised that that little hamster on that wheel how, how was like quick, how quickly your mind oh, just jumped on the train. Yeah, 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 we're trying to go. Good, good, and I was good, like, good. oh, why? I don't have to take care of that today. And I know there's the full moon today and there's oh, the summer, this, uh, this winter solstice. Winter solstice so there's like the gateway and everything. So I know that there's a little bit of agitation in me that's 
arising. For, so for, I had to be, me, and that being for, aware of that. For me, a point of reference. Yeah. You know, I, I did. I spent about thirty years as a policy analyst and researcher mm-hmm. for a private environmental firm, and we did a lot of work with First Nation communities. Yeah. And I remember early on. Uh, gosh, I started back when I was in high school. Mm. In high school, right? And back then, I didn't understand. Uh, the politics as well as they do now, <laughs> or the reality, yeah, or the realities yeah. of of actual um, the relevance of timing of communication, or just what is actually important to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was getting emails from uh, government minister right. offices. And right away, my brain goes, oh, my God, this is, like, government official, like, whatever. We need to respond to this. My boss goes, no, we don't. Like, but why? What? You know, this is, like, government. This is, like, the authority. It's like, yeah, but they're not the community. And especially with working First Nations, community knowledge, First Nation traditional knowledge is theirs and theirs alone. Mm. And the government has no right to it. The industry has no right to it. They can share it with industry and government. But nobody has a right to it except for the community. Mm. So that was a huge learning lesson. It's like not no. It's like you don't need to respond to government. You don't need yeah. You don't even need to respond. Well, isn't that interesting? Because all our lives, right, we are taught to respond to authority. Like think about our parents, right? Like our parents are telling us to do something. If yep. we don't do it right away, what usually happens? Well, they get angry or they get annoyed or you know they don't talk to us. Like I had to learn how to talk to my kids and say. Because I did it too when they were little, and then yep. I kind of grew out of it. Because I'm like, I I'm tired of creating the conflict because I was creating it. Where I would ask my son, "Hey, I need you to take the garbage out," for example, but he was playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody who has a son knows who plays video games, they are they're focused on something yep. else. They are not. They probably don't hear you at all because yep. they're on a different zoned wavelength. Out. No, especially they're if you're wearing headphones out. or so whatever. Yeah. I would have I would take it upon myself to make sure. That after a few times where this conflict, they're like, well, why is there always this conflict that he doesn't hear me, he doesn't yep. listen, he yep. doesn't do it? And I'm like, yep. hold on. Am I really catching his attention? He's a, His attention's focused on something else. So me yelling it from the kitchen isn't helping. And he doesn't hear it. Yeah. So what I did was I would say, when you can pause it, I need to talk to you. And then he mm-hmm. would come and yep. do it. Yep. And as a parent, I, it made me learn how to step back and go, Okay, my child does not owe me that they have to do that chore right when I ask them to. As long as they get it done and we talk about it. And then if let's say they don't do it, okay, that's a different issue. But I they don't really owe that to me. Yeah. Like yeah. we need to work together. Yeah. And I learned how to work with them. But we're you know, when you're talking about authority, I think authority and discipline go together because then we go to school and there's teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, we've got teachers we have to listen to. There's we, rules we live, at school. We live in a society Asadi. where we're conditioned to give our authority, authority. or power away to external pa- yeah. authority. And if that authority, yep. whatever it is, tells us that they want something, we feel like we have to give it to them. That we're obligated. That we're obligated. Yeah. Right then and there to do but it. That's just the way the world is. Yeah. Except that is not the way the world is. Mm-hmm. And when, when we're talking about, so you know, that's that's a a work related personal experience. Um, I've been recently sharing like my revelations about how different I realize I am because I'm missing fingertips on one hand that I yeah, lost when I was, about that a, lot when I was a year old and my asthma and the kids. Yeah. And it's just like the more, more I talk to you guys, the more I re- like watching the kids go through stuff and I'm just like, I don't get it. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because again, like at that age, it's like I was spending like literally almost um, 15, the first 15 years of my life mm-hmm. in, in constant pain. Right. And when it gets cold, my fingers crack, like they hurt. And I'm just so used to the constant pain. I'm so used to dealing with pain and the trigger of pain, like mm-hmm. pain being a trigger, yeah. emotional, mental triggers. Um, like when I was a kid and I'd bang my fingers, like anything that I was angry about, yeah. that, that just, it would just come out. I'd have like, yeah. I'd be like, that was, well, that was your trigger. Right? That was my trigger. You, you probably in some ways we're suppressing and then that trigger would yep. be like bah! yeah there, there's there's no there are a couple times where, where my brother came over to to uh check to see if i you know because i'm like you know writhing on the ground in pain like mm. holding my fingers and he came over to to check on me to make sure if i was okay and unfortunately just like you know one one of those moments where mm-hmm. i was i was already mad at him about something <laughs> stupid yeah. You know, the way kids so get, then, yeah. you know, so it just came out and yeah. they wouldn't talk to me for a couple of days and he was mad at me and this is like, and then I went and I'd see like the cause and consequence, mm. right? Not having the discipline to hold in my anger because my anger had nothing to do with him and had to do with the way I was looking at the situation. And, I, and I'd apologize, mm. you know, and I, I got used to apologizing as a kid mm. for outbursts like that. And instead of like letting... Mm-hmm. My anger come out. I would say, I just hit my fingers. I can't talk. Mm. You know, and changing the script, changing wow. how I would that respond. Such young age. Yeah, yeah. I know I wasn't like that at at, at your age. <laughs> at that age, because I did not understand. I would always ask myself, "Well, why do I act this way?" And it took me a lot longer because of other things that happened to actually start saying, "I want to change my behavior. I want to not." do this because I can remember you know with my sister that we'd fight all the time or if I wasn't if you know I was like what I want to play this my way because I think this is the best thing and when people didn't do that I could very often be nasty especially to my sister friends not so much with school I mean I can remember oh, my, friends, my, 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 my well, I actually yeah. that's not true I had friends my mom would tell me too that I had friends I had one that we used to argue like cats and dogs and then we'd be like best friends and like Oh, lovey-dovey and yeah, we just yeah, this, yeah. This, 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 this perspective, like again, right like that's like one mm-hmm. of the things perspective on on discipline and and allowance, um, mm-hmm. you know, and also like with asthma that that you know tried to kill yeah. me at least once a year, twice a year, right. where I'd wake up in the hospital and you know, as a kid when you're like you know six and seven and mm-hmm. you just realize you almost died, and you know, waking up the next morning in the hospital and and going home and yeah. you know like everything is so much sweeter like the, the simple things mm-hmm. in, in life are so much sweeter so it was mm. as always i always found it confusing when you know i got older in, in my 20s and people were always like oh enjoy the simple things I'm going, well i do yeah. i do and it's like, oh yeah but like you haven't learned i'm going no no i have i really have yeah, yeah. And, and people wouldn't get it and then it's like but to me like growing yeah. up with the asthma and the pain it, it was normal and I didn't, I didn't understand the contrast and how different that is for a lot of people. Yeah. Cause I know when I was a kid, I think I was hurting and when you hurt and you don't feel like you can express yourself for me, that's how it would come out. It would come out in the way I treated people. Yep. And I didn't really make that core. You don't really make that correlation, at least in my experience as a child, unless someone sits with you and says, Hey, like are you okay? Like, is there something? Cause that's what I always do with my kids. Like 
as they got older and the more aware I became as a mom, as an adult, then it was like, well, okay, let's sit down and talk about it because mm-hmm. you're not really upset about this because mm-hmm. you came mm-hmm. home and you were already, so is there something at school yeah. Yeah. or whatever? Yeah. But I know when I was a kid, I really didn't talk about how I felt. And I don't think, you know, in certain situations, especially with one of my sisters where we we were both hurting. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we were just like, well, I'm hurting, so I want you to hurt. But we didn't really look at each other and go, oh, wait, you're hurting too. Right. Right? Like, we didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah, I didn't yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, when we were kids, that we had that awareness that, oh, we're hurting, and that's why we keep hurting each other, and we just, like, cycle it around and around. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a lot with relationships too. If oh, you're sure, not aware no of it, right? If there's no communication, because yeah. you just get angry and you throw it at that even, person, they throw it at if, you. and Even if one person wants to communicate. Mm-hmm. Even if one person wants to communicate and is doing the work, it, it, it you really, like in a relationship, mm-hmm. you really have to have both people wanting yeah. to communicate, both people willing to be open, willing to be vulnerable, uh, yeah. having the courage to actually look at and accept uh, that they could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Which is a huge thing because... That's true, with, yeah. Because people like to control their lives. Mm-hmm. The, and it takes discipline. It actually takes courage and discipline to look at ourselves, to actually allow ourselves to be vulnerable with ourselves, never mind with someone else. Well, and it sucks. I mean, it sucked okay. when I looked at my behavior and I went, I, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I can remember thinking, I really don't like the way I'm acting. I really don't like the way. And I, I really didn't know what to do because it's, it's not that you're not a nice person in other aspects when you're happy. <laughs> Right. And when things are okay, it's how you act when you're triggered. And I think that's is really tough for people to look at. It was Mm -hmm. really tough for me to look at because I felt ashamed then. Mm -hmm. And then you have to stop. You really do have to discipline yourself to not blame yourself Mm -hmm. because you didn't know Mm -hmm. because you didn't know that you had a choice to act differently in that situation. You just knew that you were angry or, I mean, especially as kids, you know that you're angry and you're just like, well, I'm just angry. So I'm just going to be angry. And I think you carry those, those patterns forward in your life. And then other situations keep triggering you until you finally decide that you're going to change it. If you yeah. want to, I mean, well, for me, all, I always wanted to figure out how to change and, it. And the thing, the thing about, um, projecting and, and emotions is that the extreme emotions give us a sense of power. Even mm, even yeah. the negative emotions like sadness and grief, yeah, because they're so intense. Our ego and our mm-hmm. shadow thrive off of that intensity of emotional energy, yeah, and they can give us a sense of power and validation. So people love to stay in that space, and they'll also use it and project that at other people, yeah, where you can't possibly understand. So I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. I can deal with my stuff. But there's no way that you can actually deal with it because you're not as strong as me. You mm. can't actually listen. You haven't done the work. You haven't done this. You haven't done that for me or yeah. whatever. Or and people like anger too. People like anger and they use it as their identity. Yeah. But well, and they use it as a as an authority. Yeah. I'm angry at this or you or whatever the situation is. And I'm going to take it out on you. And I'm going to take it out on you because I feel entitled. And I'm going to use that to control you. Yes, being controlled by other people's anger is yeah. is hard. Yeah, not not just anger, but sadness and grief. 
Yeah. Because people want something and they don't know how to get it. They don't know how to have that communication. So they control themselves. They shut down. And to further control themselves, they start controlling the other people around them by not communicating. Right. Which basically just feeds the the inability to communicate all around and there's no space to communicate. Yeah. And there's people, too, that I've tried to talk to, you know, from my childhood and, and other, you know, other years, years in years, my years, life, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's hard because sometimes because people, they don't, it's hard for them to accept that they're different, like that you're different. And it's hard. It was always very hard for me because I always, as I was changing, I wanted people to accept that I was changing. I wanted them to see it. And I spent so much time trying to get them to see it. And, you know, part of a conversation that I was having with, well, I've had it with you, but I've also had it with some other people too, is that is just to allow other people not to like me. And that was hard to look at those situations and say, wow, I've, I have tried what I know how to do and I don't know what else I can do. I don't know that there's anything else that I can say Mm -hmm. to change how Mm -hmm. someone looks at me or sees me or perceives me. I need to allow them to not like me. Which is about and giving I was, up control. Yeah, right. right? Because I had to give up that discipline control. of self vulnerability. Yeah, Instead and I do not like it. I know <laughs> I it's, like it's hard. It, it is absolutely hard. Like at first, it's it's brutal. Yeah. It's absolutely brutal. Like letting go of that control of of. Well, because you don't really have that control anyway. Exactly. You're trying so hard exactly. to get someone to like you, but they will decide how they feel. Yep. You you have no control over that and. And allowing that. But then there was also the other side of the coin where there were certain things that I was encouraged to look at to say, well, you know, maybe you also, I also needed to accept that. Did I like that person or did I like their behavior? And to also give myself permission to say, you know, I didn't really like their behavior either. And that's okay too. Like, you know, on the other side and to just sit with it. Because sometimes it's so hard to sit with those uncomfortable emotions because it's so much better if we can just be all happy and pretend and, that everything's fine. And not, fine. and avoid looking at and stuff. And avoid looking at which it. Which is a form of control. Yeah. And, and people like, oh, will use that type no. of avoidance to control their lives and to control themselves. Yeah. And not actually uh, engage with someone who actually really wants to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And they'll pretend that they're communicating. They'll, they'll, they'll believe that they're communicating. Because they're communicating to their limit. Right. right? Or from, or just from the space they're in. Yeah, from the space. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean yeah. that they can't grow more. It's nope. where, you know, like I was, we were talking about another podcast, or that everyone grows at their own yeah. own rate. Yeah, and, you know, when it comes to the, the difference between discipline and, and control, um, discipline is about allowing. Mm-hmm. Is about allowing yourself to feel whatever you need to feel, no matter what, no matter what's going on inside of you or what's going on in the world outside of you, no matter what's going on with the person that that you are around or in the relationship that you're in or at work or mm-hmm. whatever. To allow yourself to feel no matter what and to not judge yourself, to not be afraid of what you feel, and to step mm-hmm. back into observation of what you feel no matter what, and to have the discipline to hold that line. To hold that space for yourself. 
-hmm. Because when you hold that space for yourself and you just allow, that gives up control. That begins to erode the patterns of control and denial and lack of emotional responsibility. Because control is actually basically um, lack of emotional responsibility. Mm -hmm. it's a it's a form of avoidance yeah and i know for myself i used to control my world by by working out by training by meditating by having my world in a very specific order mm. and the irony is that like everything in my life has caused me to <laughs> for basically forced me to undo all of that attachment to how I want my life to be or like the control mm -hmm. projecting outward, like how, you know, my ideal life would be or whatever. You know, I abandoned that years ago. Um, and I realized that a lot of the self-denial and the avoidance that I had was tied into that control. Yeah. It was tied into the ego validation. I mean, uh, the marriage that I had was very short lived. Uh, the relationship was a constant up and down, uh, upward and downward spirals, and it, and it was patterns like six every six months, mm. like clockwork. And yeah. I and I knew that, but my patterns of control and wanting my life to look a certain way, or to be happy a certain way, or something kept me in avoidance of accepting, or to fit in with other people's ideals of what your life should be. Oh yeah, I mean, my family wanted me to get like yeah. married and have kids and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I've honestly never felt a desire yeah. for that. I just did it because that's, that was my family. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be accepted because I've been like the black sheep of my family, mm -hmm. like my entire life. And part of me was tired. Part of me was tired yeah. of it because it's ju it's just constant work having to um, be around people who have never paid attention or don't care to pay attention or communicate with you about anything related to your life unless it fits into their limited perception of reality. Mm -hmm. Well, I often think like with friends and family, we, we feel like they should think or feel that the things that are important to us are important to them. And that's not always true. Yep. And I think we get hurt or we allow ourselves to be hurt when they when they don't. But it actually just speaks to where they're at. Mm -hmm. That maybe they just don't have the space to actually worry about anything in your life. And it, we don't need to take it personally. Because that's another thing, too, is we take everybody's actions so personally. Yes. Like we, everyone, what something, someone else does, we take it so personally. And I always remind myself all the time that what someone else does, I have no idea what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, because I've been on the receiving end of that, like when I went through my divorce, people didn't understand like what it was like to actually go through a divorce and what it was like to have a custody agreement and to honor that with someone else and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, to discuss mm -hmm, other mm -hmm. things and especially because you're going through a divorce it's not because you can get along like for us right yeah. like in our case it wasn't like we really you know now we've worked on it over the years that we haven't been together but it's been a real process and I'm not sure that we ever could have learned to communicate the way that we have now if we were still married because we were just locked in this like yeah. thing and there's a lot of things that I didn't find out about him or about his thoughts or about things until after we were divorced because then he felt safe and then I also felt safe later to talk to yeah. him about those things right. and so I think that 
people always go, oh, the divorce is so terrible and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, yeah. it's not easy, especially. But I think that in the long run, I know my children are a lot happier because we've learned how to be. And there's a lot that they went through, but there's a lot of things that people don't know that my kid, what my kids went through. And maybe they'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast sometime. I'm not going to talk on their behalf. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that I went through that people don't know either. And I didn't feel always safe to talk to people, but people also didn't ask and people made assumptions about my life. So they made assumptions and then they had expectations of me that I didn't fulfill. And then everybody's upset and angry. And I had to learn how to just let that be because I couldn't explain it to them yeah. either. Well, or they didn't want to listen at a certain point. They're like, well, why didn't you tell us that a long time ago? And I'm like, well, were you, you in the space ready. to, to hear ready. it? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe also I wasn't in a space to mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. There was a, quite a few years where I felt like I was just trying to keep my head above water. Yeah. Like try to keep all of like not only myself, but my kids from like going under. And that's where I put my energy. That's where I put my time. And that's what I chose to do. And if people take that personally, because I wasn't overly involved in their life, well, I'm sorry for that. But I'm also not sorry for that because I yeah. felt like that's where I had to be. That was more important to me to be there for my kids mm -hmm. and what everyone was going through. And if my actions or inactions or something hurt people, well, I need them to tell me what it is they feel hurt about. As I can't, do anything well, about and, and their, a, you know. And, and a, lot of, a lot of people have, have trouble communicating that because that means that they have to admit something's wrong. And when they spend so yeah. much time controlling their lives to get, have this image or this certain type of life or lifestyle, they have a really hard time accepting that it's okay to not be okay and actually communicate that with someone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of times people aren't ready to hear stuff or uh, yeah, like myself, I mean, yeah. being, being able to share with people, like I'm pretty much an open book mm -hmm. if someone actually really wants to talk. Right. But that's the thing. I have to, I have to know and understand and a person basically has to prove to me that they have the courage to actually understand how to communicate mm -hmm. and not make everything conditional and not make everything about themselves and not turn it into um, an ego validation fest. Mm, but not yeah. a lot of people understand that. Yeah. Because, there, yeah, there's like unspoken conditions. Yep. Right? And when we taught our workshop on Heart Alchemy. Heart Alchemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we did. It was real fun. Yeah. yeah.